Welcome to Thrones and Scones. It's your weekday morning podcast where we talk about Game of Thrones. Over breakfast. It's Tony, Hans, and Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) It's a new ASMR podcast. Uh, Today tackling season five. Episode... You guys think that this should be our new niche? No? I think so. Okay, fine. I think the hairs on the back of my neck are like standing up right now. <laughs> Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on real quick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It reminds me of the, the mic for anyone yeah. who can't see us, which is everyone. The <laughs> SNL thing where they're doing the whole sweaty balls thing. And they're like, yeah. and now we're going to talk what about is, What is the abbreviation? ASMR? I don't know what that stands for. Uh, audio sensory meridian response? As someone who's in radio, I feel like you should know that. Let me look it up. <laughs> ASMR. Let me wiki never that. Or Jeremy wrote it. For someone who's not in radio, I've never even heard of that. Yeah. Uh, autonomous sensory meridian response. You've never heard of ASMR? No. This is like, it's been a huge internet trend for years now with people just like, like, nails on on tables and stuff like really light highly amplified noises or like there's that really there's a cool video if you guys get your nice little headphones out on youtube of like a haircut that's in 360 so you put on this video and you close your eyes and it's just this it it's so accurate that it feels like you're getting your hair cut like you can almost feel it because of the sounds moving around your head and stuff it's crazy uh, I've never gotten into the more fetishy side of it, which definitely exists. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> which yeah, is the way we're going to go. It's a huge thing. Weird. I yeah. didn't even know this existed. Yasmar. Yasmar. Asmar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Asmore. <laughs> That's what we're about here in talking about Game of Thrones. Today, Season 5, Episode 2, The House of Black and White and Blueberry Lemon. Because we've done straight up blueberry too much, so we got it. We had to throw a little catfish curveball in there. And thankfully, the curveball didn't involve any actual catfish, but maybe next time. Uh, welcome, by the way, to your Tuesday. Would you guys like a little... I have to go back now, because now my Google has ASMR on it. <laughs> I have the wiki open. You guys want the want the plot here of season five, episode two? I do. I do. Very much so. Mr. Rogers. Mm. Oh, Mike, what does Mr. So I actually played Mr. Rogers in a play once, and I can't remember for the life of me so you if should there's kill a it. voice to be done. Uh, I, <laughs> I, it's I almost better when it. you so, don't know. How about... I'm gonna, how about yeah. how no, I'm I, just... Go let ahead. me let me let me throw one at you. We'll let you we'll let you research, uh, good old Mister Rogers for next time. Okay, uh, how okay. about how about Gilbert Godfrey? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Why are Hans is always throat destroying? Uh, okay. Speaking of ASMR, here we go. Turn your mics up for this one. Season season five, episode two, the House of Black and White. <laughs> it's so specific gilbert he really has that uh oh god my microphone has just auto turned itself down so much (laughs) okay aria arrives in bravo (laughs) that just sound like an angry (laughs) 
New Yorker. I don't know if I've got Gilbert. I was trying to channel Iago. That's it then. Oh, that's just some sort of weird gnome. Um. Aria arrives in Bravos. Pod and Brian <laughs> run into trouble on the road. <laughs> Affleck, Cersei fears for her daughter's safety in Dorne <laughs> as Hilarious Sand seeks revenge for Oberyn's death. Stannis tempts John. An advisor tempts Danny. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a couple times there. You, I feel like a couple times there. You you kind of slid into it for a little while, but you were just pulled back into Agatha, <laughs> just screaming. I only have so many raspy characters. I also here. Let me wipe. I spit all over <laughs> my computer. <laughs> oh God! Let me turn my mic back up. There we go. <clears throat> Mas mejor. Uh, so yeah, if you caught any of that. The, the House of Black and White here. Uh, we, we start to pick up a little bit. I would like to take it to uh, to the group here. You guys are the group, in case you didn't get that uh, email that I sent out. What were your favorite, what were your least favorite moments of this sweet, sweet ep? Well, I think just right off the bat, I got to say my least favorite. Uh, I knew my least favorite was... You know that when, when the episode's right about to start and it gives you, like, the black box with the maturity warning mm. and all that stuff, and it is absent of nudity. It's uh, it's the biggest heartbreak I've ever suffered in my life, yeah. I think, which is rough. Uh, yeah, so that's that's fair. We had no jugglies here in uh, season five, yeah, episode two, which is a I bummer. I will say, just in this day and age, I'm just happy to see, I'm just happy to see a hot, you know, especially because, you know, back in this, in this era, I would, I would only imagine, right, in the, in the, this medieval, medieval era, who knows, like, they, I don't know if they were as, uh, you know, as accepting as we are now. I'm just happy to see a house that includes <laughs> both blacks and whites. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know what they were like back then. I don't know how racy that's, they got, but yeah, that's <laughs> happy fair, to see fair a, enough. a fully accepting house. Uh, and we will come to learn here in uh, subsequent episodes that they do accept everyone in, provided that all of those people wish to die. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this is that's kind of where we start things off here in this episode as well. Um, and it's our first real look at everything outside of the bank in, uh, in Bravos. Arya travels through, um, and then they go up to the house of black and white. She, you know, her, her generous Bravosi friend ferries her there. My first thought was, okay, real big house. Everyone knows the assassins are out there. It's not really connected anything, so an assassin couldn't leave that place very subtly. <laughs> like, hey, well, you'd have a to boat do leaving so. Where someone's gonna you know, die. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe there's a tunnel or something, but uh, does seem like an, a bit of an oversight. Yeah. So for me, some of the I had two things I really enjoyed. One, I enjoyed, I enjoyed Arya getting to Bravos. Um, I think it's cool. The house is cool. The whole like. What she's doing, waiting, you know, getting frustrated, uh, you know, that the mm-hmm. fact that that the tease that's there, I thought was really well done. Um, but I would say a little more enjoyable for the show for me, because, again, I felt that this episode was a little slow. 
again, um, I really liked uh, Braun with his betrothed and then Jamie being like, yep, yep, you're leaving her. Bigger <laughs> castle, come with me. And and always the sellsword, he's like, cool, right? He's like, yeah. yep. So even though everyone thinks, oh, he got what he wanted. He got a lady. He's getting this house. He talks about killing the, the sister. So he definitely gets the house. And he's like, wait, you're going to be a bigger house? More money? Yeah, fuck this. I'm leaving, right? And well, so- yeah, he is, he is also prompted by the fact that there is now a royal decree that his betrothed is to marry somebody else. Right, 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 right. Which is problematic for his situation. <clears throat> but um, he's, but uh, I like him, him and Jamie, their, uh, their next kind of like adventure is enjoyable. So like, it's a kind of exciting to, to watch that story happen as well. What I didn't like is the whole, uh, in the Dorn setting, that whole such situation. It was boring to me i don't know uh what do we i don't write anything down about dorn here is it just the back and forth between duran and alaria yeah is that all we get yeah you know which you know his point was kind of like i think at the time kind of pointing out you know you will kind of still follow my you know oberon did that in combat we're not gonna avenge him you need to listen um i think uh, she's kind of still trying to rile him up, rile him up, and get him to have a response. Um, you do get a little more kind of uh, with a connection, I think, with Jamie and Cersei in this one, where they get the the Viper with um, what's her name, Marcella's Mar- Marcella's yeah, Marcella's um, pendant, right? Isn't that, mm-hmm. I think this is this one. So, yeah. um, which of course we know come we know who that comes from. Uh, being that we saw the scene in Dorne, so, um, but yeah, I don't know. It was, it was okay. Yeah, I agree. I think this also was a little bit uh, slow for me. I think the most interesting thing that happened for me was the entire scene with the uh, younger, younger kid, younger guy, I guess, who killed the son of Harpy. That was awaiting the trial. Oh, yeah. I was trying then, to think of that guy's name. I can't think of it either. And then They say did, it like once. Yeah. and then, uh, But I did think that was an interesting, you know, a, a, a little bit of an interesting storyline because I do think Daenerys was faced with a pretty, you know, tough decision there. Like, I don't know. I don't know what decision I would have made in that instance. That was tough. It is rough. Uh, and we see very much here... Quite shortly after, not in this episode, but uh, in the next one, John faced with a similar situation. Yeah, uh, where he's going to go and have to make similar choices, and so this is very much. There, there's a lot of internal stuff happening already in season five, um, and I, you know, just since we, since I said John, there's some internal stuff going on with John because uh, he has gone zero to a hundred real quick as a. Uh, as Drake may say, um, Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, long may he reign. Long may he reign. I had, uh, this was so fast. It was kind of, it was kind of bullshit, I thought, in the show, just because it was like a thing that wasn't going to happen. And then all of a sudden he had enough votes to tie with the perceived winner of the whole thing. Um, I I did like that Eamon broke the tie. That was cool. That was a funny moment. Um, 
But this is a very cool... It's much better in the books. Yep. Um, Sam basically has this... I don't want to say scheme, but he, he really works to kind of go around everything and get John elected, and it is a much cooler um, payoff. Whereas this was just like a possibility that was introduced five minutes before it happened, uh, which I just didn't care for. Yeah. It seemed a little unbelievable to me. Also, yeah. Also, they put all these votes in a vase, not a piggy bank. It had a very large opening. They didn't need to break it (laughs) at all. (laughs) You know, maybe it's tradition or something, but it's a stupid tradition. Uh, you don't have that much clay up at the wall. I'm imagining. I don't know, uh, but I, I did like I did like the moments. Uh, I liked the internal stuff with John having to basically rectify his desire to be legitimized after Stannis's offer yeah. to make him a John Stark with his vows. You know, he kind of thought that <laughs> well, with his family mostly dead at this point, the temptation must surely be gone. And then all of a sudden, he gets. Uh, he gets the thing that he never even thought possible. His, I think he says his first thing he ever remembers wanting, and uh, he sticks to his guns, man. Yeah, and then yeah, I, I was, think I was just gonna say I was gonna ask you what you think, what you thought about that, but uh, I thought that was interesting. Uh, again, like <clears throat> now with I the the offer's got to be a bit less tempting, right? Like I understand that the name still carries a lot of weight; it still means a lot, mm-hmm. but. There's really no other. There's no other Starks anymore, really, that he knows of. Yeah. So I don't know. I would think it's a little less tempting, but I still don't think that takes away from his, you know, from holding his ground. Yeah. Now John is one of the people who does know about Bran, right? He. Uh, Sam. Sam no, runs we... into him, and Sam's tells him. Oh right, right, right. But then, okay, I'm I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. Yes, uh, you're right. Yeah. No, that that happened last season. Where I know, but isn't there like coming up? Brian like sees John. Yeah, man. Uh, that was also it, last season. That was also last him. season. God dang it! I'm all over the place. I thought I uh, thought he was still north of the wall, and then comes back, and that's when they first see each other. They don't. Uh, as of I mean, talking ahead, they they don't see each other. Bran and John after no. season one. No. Bran sees John, yeah, and John hears about Bran from Sam, but they don't. They have not yet seen each other. Okay, okay, maybe uh, I'm, right. yeah, that's yeah. rum. Yeah, and then there are a couple narrow misses. Right, right, and then in the Vale, you know, Bran and Podrick, they finally find the other Stark. Right, don't they run into Sansa and they do. and Baelish, and then again she gets shut down. I mean. <sighs> Which, you know, I respect this decision from Sansa. This is another one where she, like, makes the wrong call. But I think if I were Sansa, this is one of those situations where if I were in this position as well, I would have done the same thing. Um, And it's only because I know what happens that I'm screaming at my TV saying, Sansa, please go with Brienne. I do like how they just go from, like, uh, no, no, thank you, Lady Brienne, to kill her. Like, <laughs> she, she must die for existing in this bar. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's cool. I think my favorite moment, it's going to sound silly, but just because it was kind of a, you know, lots of stuff setting up, not a very humorous episode. I, I laughed too hard at, uh, at 
Samuel Tarley go, did you know that blah, 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 Sir, Sir Duncan was the youngest commander of the Night's Watch at age 14? And Gilly goes, I know S. <laughs> <laughs> As Shireen had just taught her the letter S. Uh, <laughs> because, uh, yeah, I, I, it gets a, it gets a, a doc from me because it's yet another person teaching somebody how to read in the show but i that moment i paused the show because i was just laughing um maybe i was tired i certainly was but i enjoyed it very much as for my least favorite parts mm, i feel like you could just you could you could throw a dart at this one and hit pretty much whatever it hits is going to be one of my least favorite parts I didn't actually dislike the episode. I, a lot of the part was slow. I kind of liked everything that um, that happened. I guess I'll go with the Night's Watch vote, um, just because I think that had the potential to be much more cool, done much better. Yeah, yeah much yeah, cooler. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Much with more. You. Uh, yeah, they didn't really, they didn't really give any sort of sense of perspective onto what the decision made or anything. Yeah, it's not um, a bad episode. Yeah. It's just. Again, it's it's filling that role of like building, right? I mean, we've we've kind of hit pinnacles in a lot of stories, and now we're starting mm-hmm. on new adventures, and it needs to build back, get a little more perspective on things. Um, I definitely think it was a better episode than the first episode. Um, yes, but there's there's not a lot to get the blood pumping, right? There just isn't. So yeah, there was no nudity, and nothing to get <laughs> yeah. it pumping down. The I mean, I was looking for a little peni. Little nothing. little little bubes, nothing. Yeah, nothing I say nothing. I I got a little uh, stirring going on <laughs> a when stirring. because I just love when Cersei gets shut down and when Kevin oh, was just yeah. like being so shady to her, like if the king wishes to ask for me, I will uh, be awaiting him yeah. at Castle Rock. Rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like uh, Kevin Lannister. Not much that we've. Uh, not much that we've gotten yet. We'll see him a bit this season. He's a little bit more prevalent in the books for a moment, but uh, there's there's something funny to me about like I know that there's still just like a, a lot of totally normal names in this show, like John, Sam, all this stuff. But there's something funny to me about this about just Kevin being in the show. Like, it's just like <laughs> that that old rascal Kevin. <laughs> but it's Kevin with an A. That's true. Very so very that makes different. it that makes it Westerosi. You know, Westerosi. I liked the part where, which is interesting because you know me, I'm not all, the biggest fan of just blunt exposition. Mm-hmm. That's not my style. I would prefer more like mysterious and environmental like storytelling where they just kind of let this the story be told through the cinematography. That's my preference. Sure. But I did like when they were talking grayscale with Gilly hmm. and Shireen. I, I thought that moment was was okay. It was a good moment. Um, yeah, for really for both of those characters, that was a. Uh, it was kind of a back and forth enough that, that you bought both of them being equally curious and in things. It was a pretty honest conversation. And we did also get to learn a little bit of stuff that will be prevalent later in the season. It was yeah, very good soon. overall. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any Anything else? I, I know. I think I've touched on all my notes. Oh, Arya gets, Arya does get let in. She re-sees at least the face of Jack and Hagar. Of course, he's not Jack and Hagar. He is no one. He is no one. And that yeah. is what the girl must become. 
And Drogon's yeah. back as well. That's my only other note. And yeah. he's bigger again. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote big dragon. <laughs> big yeah. black dragon. There's big dragon. <laughs> I wrote Drogon is back for like two seconds. Daenerys tries to touch. Flies away. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you don't know me. <laughs> oh. Well, uh, if the episode is done, we should move on to the other half of our podcast. Sure. Uh, the scone review for the day. I have today's scone. It is blueberry lemon, as the French might say. Blueberry lemon, as we would be more familiar with it. And uh, it's from Electric Fountain Brewing. Ooh. Oh. In Quincy. Nice little, uh, nice little coffee shop. That does not stock scones regularly. But every once in a while, they'll just make one, and they'll post it up on Facebook if they do, and I always see it late. But this time, I caught it right away, and I had already been there (laughs) that day, but I went back, and it was the same girl, and I was just, I need a scone to go. Tried to disguise my face and voice. Yeah. Um, Pull pull my hood up. Uh, Didn't work, but I did get the scone, and yeah, it was nice. We're looking for sponsors. Just saying, just saying. Just uh, until, a- yeah, until uh, we do have the money flowing in, we'll still be here tomorrow. You can catch us, of course, at the uh, same time. Whether you are in fact joining us for breakfast or uh, any time throughout the day, you can like us whenever. You can hate us whenever as well, but you must listen no matter what. Thronesandscones.com for all the links to every dang thing, and uh, we will see you tomorrow for season five, episode three. You're down with G O T. Yeah, you, yeah, you know, know me. me. So Hans, uh, Ethan and I watched the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse yesterday. Uh, it? It's good. It's good. Um, so we watched it in 3D, uh, which was mm. cool. So Interesting choice. Uh, Did I also see it in 3D? No, I saw Aquaman in 3D. Yeah. So he, wanted, he wanted to watch a well, movie was... in 3D, so I thought that would be a pretty cool one to do. We, one of our theaters here in town closed, so there's just six screens in the other theater, and so there's there are not options. It's like, if I want to see a movie that's not at 4.30 or 10.30, it's going to be 3D, and it's a bummer. <laughs> it sucks. 3D sucks. I don't even know why that's still a thing. It's a lot better than it used to. Like, I found this one not nearly as distracting as, uh, as some of the ones in the past. But, but it's less it's gimmicky just, now, right? Yeah, yeah. They still can't, like, there are still some moments where you're like, hmm, just couldn't resist. <laughs> could you? Yeah, it's stupid stuff. It's usually like a rain scene or like a punch mm. that misses or a bullet that misses. You're like, you just had to have it. Exactly. I'm trying to think of the last movie that I saw that was in 3D. Avatar. That's the one everyone saw in 3D. I didn't see Avatar in 3D. Oh. I, to this day, still haven't even really seen Avatar, to be honest. Don't really have any intention to either. I think before Aquaman, I saw Force Awakens in 3D. You did? You saw the Okay, I didn't know. Yeah, well, one out of the six times I saw it in theaters, so it wasn't that big of a sacrifice. Yeah. I've only, Do you think yeah, it added only... anything to the movie? Uh, in one scene, and that was when Rey was rappelling into the Star Destroyer, the, the field of depth was very cool. Uh, and other than that, no. <laughs> that is that's cool. I uh, I I want to say it was actually kind of around Avatar, which is funny, but it wasn't Avatar. So it was whatever it was. I remember it being absolutely terrible. Was it the so. first Transformers? <laughs> no, 
Isn't that right around the same time point? I feel like that's what close. The, Probably. What the shit would have that? I'm not sure. Avatar. So I, I will never pay for the 3D experience, uh, especially because it's more expensive and a, just an inferior way of watching a movie, in my opinion. Yeah. But I do almost exclusively for movies I want to see pay for like the deluxe screen with the deluxe sound and all that all IMAX that stuff. kind of thing yeah it's not it's it's basically IMAX whatever my specific movie theater <laughs> has it's like the ultra screen XD mm. and some fancy sound that they talk about so do you feel like in watching a movie right so as I'm doing this theater thing now downstairs like, you know, I have the 4K projector. We're doing a 128-inch, like, screen. The audio stuff is where I thought I would get away with spending less money. But then everything I'm reading, it's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, that is, like, that's critical. Because half the time I'm at movie theaters, though, sometimes I feel like the audio is almost overpowering. Like, sometimes it's almost too loud for me. Yeah. I don't like it when it's just turn it down. I knew, I knew that was coming. Fuck I, you. I don't. I don't. I agree though. I don't like it when it's just like loud. I, but mm. I do like the dynamic. See, yeah, I want cl- I want clarity and dynamic, but I don't want just like shoving you know trouble down my throat. You know. Like, I think that's probably why you can't skimp on it. Is it's it's the more expensive equipment that's going to give you the nuance instead of just the volume. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good so. Point. And I was talking, Jeremy, we were talking about this the other day. I don't think it was on the podcast, but uh, I never noticed the importance of like cinematic audio quality mm. until I saw Blade Runner in theater yes. twice. Yes. And then I saw Blade Runner on my parents' crappy television <laughs> with just standard you know, television audio or whatever. And it's a different movie. It really is. I'm talking 2049, by the way. Yeah, I, never, yeah. I wasn't. I didn't see. I wasn't around for Blade Runner in theaters. So, I think that you're starting to see, and maybe they're doing this in an, in a way to be like, oh no, theaters are important. But like, I bet you Quiet Place is a way worse movie on DVD. Like, not bad, but I bet it loses so much <laughs> when you're not. You know, every tiny sound is like amplified so that it, it kind of makes you a little tense and stressed out but when it's just like oh well you turn the tv to 40 and you let it go and yeah i think it would lose a lot i mean i always yeah. think of like the whole horror film genre and how like i feel like they've always done audio the best out of all genres mm-hmm. right like horror uh, horror audio is like critical you 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 mute a uh, a horror film and suddenly it's just like it's funny almost. Yeah, yeah, it loses so much, right? It's a comedy. And so, like, uh, uh, and I feel like that's kind of the thing that I've I've started to appreciate a little more is like, and I mean, I mean, now listening to music and like having nicer headphones, having nicer speakers, all those things, like you actually start to appreciate really good, clear music, like you know, clear sound difference instead of just super bassy or whatever and all that stuff. So. Now there's I got I got jealous for a moment here uh, a couple minutes back with this like ultra high def experience at the theater or whatever you know this premium feature and then the IMAX talk I don't have any of that but I can also see a movie for six dollars on a Saturday that's so nice. <laughs> yes that's nice yeah so I accept my fate yeah it's like 
that's that's the thing about going to the movies around here is it's like it's like 15 bucks a person to go to a movie yeah 